Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. And so when Michael asked me to minister this morning, usually I give him an answer straight away. But this time I said, I will let you know. Uh, Give me some time to pray about it. The reason being, you know, over 37 years of ministry, you have built up a reservoir of messages and teachings. I've got hundreds and hundreds of notes that I have preached over the many years that I have been in ministry. And I could have just flipped onto one and give you another teaching this morning, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to spend time and seek the face of the Lord, whether He did want me to minister this morning, and not only that He wanted me to minister, but that He would give me a fresh word or a now word for the church. You know that we are living in times that are difficult, perilous, the Bible says, and we need to be attentive to what the Spirit is saying to the church. So I want to bring you a word from the mouth of the Lord this morning, and I trust that you will be ministered to and perhaps convicted as well or corrected. When Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, preach the word in season and out of season. And then he said something like this, rebuke. So the rebuke comes first. Amen? Amen. And what was the other words that he mentioned? Exhort, encourage. And so, without any further delay... I pray that you brought your spiritual ears with you this morning, that your mind is not preoccupied with whatever is going on in your life. And I know all of us have things that we are dealing with, things that we are wrestling with, and so I want your undivided attention to what I'm going to be sharing with you this morning. So I'm going to ask our audio and visual team to put up on the board that which I have, uh, that which the Lord gave me when I, when I asked him what he wanted me to minister on. And so I've asked Stephen, uh, uh, who is an expert in this, to find me the appropriate picture that I would put up because I saw a picture of Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus and hearing his word when I prayed about this. And so we're going to read. I don't know if you can read those words, but let's read together, please, from Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, beginning with verse 38 through to 42, and we're reading from the Amplified Translation. The title of my message this morning is Undistracted Devotion." undistracted devotion to the Lord, of course. 
Here we go. Now, while they were on their way, Jesus entered a village called Bethany, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was continually listening to his teaching. But Martha was very busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities. And she approached him and said, Lord, is it of no concern of you that my sister has left me to do the serving alone? Tell her to help me and do her part. But the Lord replied to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered and anxious about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, that which is to her advantage, which will not be taken away from her. The picture I want us to focus on is Mary being seated at the feet of Jesus and hearing his word. Take that in your mind and picture that. I don't know what you see and I don't know what you imagine as you picture this in your mind, but to me, the Spirit of God spoke volumes as I began to meditate and focus on this very picture of Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. I pondered on her posture and attitude of soul and heart. Not just her physically sitting at his feet, but her heart opening up, her soul, post the, the posture that she took as the Lord came to pay them a visit in their own house. And the Spirit of God opened up my understanding afresh, and I began to see what the Lord truly desires from His church, what the Lord longs for, what He delights in more than anything else. Sitting at the feet of Jesus is an attitude of the heart, an attitude of the soul, that is completely surrendered and absolutely dependent on the Lord. That's what I saw. That's what I, I understood as the Spirit of God began to minister to me. It is also an attitude, I believe, of honor and an attitude of humility the soul displays before the Lord because it recognizes the lordship and the sovereignty of Jesus over our lives. That he is Lord. That we are his servants. Amen? Mary gave to the Lord the one thing, I believe at the time, that Jesus wanted more than anything else at the time. The one thing that she could never lose. Jesus said so. And the one thing that will never be taken away from her. That's what he said. The Lord said that. She has chosen that good part which will never be taken away from her. Isn't that wonderful? So many things will be taken away from us, 
when we leave this earth. We're going to leave everything behind. Our accomplishments, our labors, our possessions, our houses, our cars, our comfort. We're going to leave everything behind. Naked we have come and naked we will go out of this world. But Jesus said that Mary chose wisely. And she chose that one thing that will never be taken away from her. She gave him her undistracted devotion, and in return, she received from the Lord an impartation of his life and his nature. That's what happens when you sit at the feet of Jesus. You receive not just empty words, but we receive the very life, the very nature, the very character of God into our being as he breathes his word into our spirit and soul. That's where true rest and true fulfillment comes in life. No one and nothing in this world will ever fulfill the soul or the heart of any human being except the presence of the Lord. And that's what Mary received as she sat at his feet and gave her undivided and undistracted devotion at that particular time. She grasped that opportunity with both hands. And the Bible says that she chose to sit at his feet when she could have done other things. You know, she could have easily served as, alongside with her sister. Imagine the Lord coming to your house, and we know of 12 that followed him all the time. And I believe there were more than just 12 because the Bible speaks of another 72 that accompanied the Lord as he went from town to town and from village to village. Imagine that crowd dropping in at your house. Tired, weary from the journey and the dust. They didn't have motor cars in those days, so they walked everywhere. Just picture in your mind what was going on in that house. Mary was running around frantic or Martha to, to serve and minister to the guests and give them water or wash their feet or cook for them. Legitimate needs. But the word says Mary chose. Above all of the pressing needs that she faced at the moment and probably the nagging of her sister... You know, you're letting me do all of the work while you sit and just read your Bible or listen to the Lord. I've heard that so many times. You, you guys are not doing it. All you do is just pray and read the Word and listen to the Word. Well, thank God Jesus said that's the good part. I know there is a time to serve, but there is also a time to sit and listen to what the Spirit is saying to us. How can we serve the Lord the way He desires us to serve Him unless we hear and listen to what He has to say to us? You can't. You can't minister to the Lord effectively unless you know His heart, unless you're intimately connected to Him, and unless you are constantly listening to the whispers of the Spirit 
So many times we give the Lord what He does not want. Take you for instance. You are in need of food, and I come and give you clothing. Can you eat the clothes? No, you're hungry. What you really need is food, is sustenance. You don't need clothes. You have clothes. And so many times we offer the Lord that which He does not require. And though it may seem good, and we preoccupied with what is good, but that is not necessarily what God wants. We can spend our entire lives doing good things and yet miss what God wants us to do. Or what He is commissioning us to do. Why? Because we haven't taken the time to listen what He wants, what He desires, what He delights in more than anything else. It is our fellowship. It is our companionship. Amen. So Mary chose. And Jesus said it will never be taken away from her. Sitting at his feet and listening to his every word brought her into a close fellowship and intimacy with the Lord. And I believe within the words that she heard, like all of us, there is nothing more rejuvenating than the living Word of God. When the Spirit of God takes the written Word and makes it life and light to you and applies it to your heart and soul, that's where true life is. That's where true joy is. Jeremiah said, your words were found, O Lord, and I ate them. And your words were the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Imagine that. I ate your words. May the Lord give us such a hunger for his precious word, the living word of Christ. Jesus is the living word that we may give him first place and priority above our busy lives and the so many other activities that we need to attend to. And I believe what, what Mary received, she received the, the very impartation of the Lord because within his very words, she found true love. She found unwavering faith. She found profound wisdom for direction and guidance. And she found intimate knowledge of the person and the nature of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's when we truly are able to follow him. When we know him. Amen? Amen. And Jesus said, all we really need is the word. Imagine that. Is one thing we need. For within the Word is everything else that we may need or ever want in life. Just the Word. And Jesus said, this is what we need. In life and for sustenance. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through to 22 says it all. Listen, and the Lord is speaking to us this morning. My son, my daughter... 
Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all of their flesh. They, they are life. Are we looking for life, true, abundant life? We're not going to find it anywhere else except in the living Word of God. Are we looking for health and strength and encouragement and comfort and guidance and wisdom and direction in life? We're not going to find it anywhere else but in the living Word of God. For they are life to those who find them and health. Health, physical, mental, financial, and social. Amen. Jesus himself said that Mary had chosen wisely by choosing the good part. Notice the word chose. It's a choice we make in life, folks. No one else can choose it for us. I wish I could. (laughs) God, not even God can choose it for you. He said, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You choose life that you may live and your seed after you. And it's not an easy choice to make. When we are faced with pressure, with responsibilities, with the cares of this life, we choose. She chose. And she chose wisely. As I said, she could have joined her sister serving. And it was a legitimate need. Amen? Don't you think it was a a legitimate need? As I said, what would you do? So many people visiting you. Hello? It's a legit... And so many people, being pastoring for so many years, I've heard all of these excuses. Pastor, but you don't understand what I need to deal with every day. You don't understand the pressures that I have at work. You don't understand the responsibilities that I'm faced with. I just don't have time. No one has time. We make time. You have the same 24 hours that everybody else has. It's what you value in life that you give priority to. Because what you value, your heart naturally will wrap itself around your values and you will pursue those values with vigor, with determination, undistracted, giving your undivided attention to the Lord. That's why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things shall be added to you. Oh, sorry, Pastor, I can't come to church today. It's my birthday. All the more that you should come to church and listen to the Word. Oh, sorry, Pastor, I can't come to church today because this and this and this and this. All may be legitimate excuses, but that is not wise choices. Because that very day that you miss church, it could be the very day that God wants to do something very, very special in your life. 
And I recall the, the, the day that Stephen sat in that seat somewhere there, being oppressed by the daily pressures of life, the work situation that led him to work many hours, sometimes into the night. And the Spirit of God came upon me. And then the Lord, in one minute, broke him loose and set him loose. And he is where he is today. You heard his testimony last Sunday. What would have happened if he wasn't in church this Sunday? And sometimes your number is on, but you're not here. Because you're busy doing some other things. Amen. Hello. Yeah, it's quiet in here this morning. Mary had, or rather Martha, had a legitimate excuse not to attend to the ministry of the Word. But it was not a wise choice. Under much pressure from her sister, and probably from the guests that just dropped on her. And so many of us under pressure so many times, we choose the wrong thing. <laughs> and it doesn't seem at the time that we chose wrong. But you know what? Later on in life, things begin to manifest in your life that are not pleasant. Your relationship with the Lord is deteriorating. Your relationship with your spouse is having major problems. Your finances are struggling. You can't meet the needs. All those are symptoms or effects of your neglect when it comes to the ministry of your word. It will catch up to you sooner or later. It may not seem at the time things are going well, but there will come a time when it shows up in your lack of knowledge of the word and in your lack of intimacy with the Lord. Listen carefully, folks. This is not a joking matter. This is very serious. As I began to meditate on this very picture, I heard the Lord say to me, Son, I am looking for people who are wholly devoted to me. I've written it down here. He said, I'm looking for people who are fully devoted to me and my cause. People who are attentive and responsive to my spirit. People who refuse to be distracted by other things or be entangled with the affairs of this life. And so many of us today are drowned with the affairs of this life, entangled, entrapped, and we don't seem to be able to break through. When I heard the Lord say these words to me, I remember a well-known scripture from 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9, a very well-known word. It says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. That speaks to me of undistracted devotion. 
to the Lord, to the lordship and the sovereignty of the Lord Jesus over our lives. That's why we call him Lord. Lord, what does that mean? That means he's the Lord of my life and he is the Lord of my time and he is the Lord of my possessions. He is the Lord of everything I am and everything I own. I'm just the steward. Amen? And what happens when we get distracted from what is really important in life? We confuse the roles between the Lord and us. We end up telling the Lord what to do. Martha did. Imagine that. <laughs> she comes to the Lord and says, Lord, please tell her to help me. Don't you care that I'm serving alone? Now, who's the Lord and who's the servant there? And so many times we ask or tell the Lord what he should be doing because we assume that we know what he wants. And that's what happens when we don't give priority to his word. We don't know. We just assume. Amen? We confuse the roles. That's why so many times believers are asking for things that ultimately are not beneficial to us. But when you sit at his feet and you listen, you still and you're listening. Not just in the morning watch. Right throughout the day, the Lord lives within us. And our posture should be one of always listening. Always acknowledging the Lord's presence in us. Lord, what do you want me to do here? How do you want me to minister to you here? What is your will for me today? How can I deal with this situation? He will speak. And he will guide. And he will show you. But you need that attitude of humility, understanding that you don't know everything, you know, I'm a guy who's Mr. Fix-It. Anytime I'm confronted with a situation by members of my own family, by my wife, the, the first thing I want to do is run in there and fix it. I love doing that. But I've learned recently to just pull back. Talk to the Lord first. This morning I had a situation. <laughs> So I, I prayed. I said, Lord, what do I do? He said, call. Call your brother. What a testimony. I won't go into it anyway. <laughs> but we learn. Amen? May the Lord give us such a heart that constantly says, Lord, speak. Speak to me. For your servant is listening. You see, Martha welcomed him to her house, but she was being distracted by being anxious and troublesome about many things. Every born-again believer 
who is saved, who has come to know the Lord, has welcomed him into his heart and into his house. But so many times we ignore him. We get up in the morning, half asleep. We rush off to work, completely ignoring him, not even talking to him. Busy all day, doing good things. And while he's waiting for us to say, good morning, Lord. Here I am reporting for duty. What is it that you want from me today? How can I minister to you today? As we ask those questions and stop for a while and listen, just listen, he will take your focus off of yourself and he will put your focus onto your brothers and into your sisters and into somebody else. He may say, I want you to call this brother and encourage him because he's going through a rough time. The other night I had a dream. And I believe it was a dream from God. And I saw that one of our old members who used to work here, but now is not with us, she died. And the headlines in the newspaper saying, so-and-so passed away. And I saw the daughter of this individual receiving people paying their condolences. I got concerned. I called her up. I said, what's going on? She told me. And I gathered from what I heard that this person did not die physically, but she died spiritually. Folks, listen. God's heart is with his people. God loves you and I so much that we are constantly on his mind. When you suffer, he suffers. When you weep, he weeps with you. When you are troubled, he's troubled. And he wants to minister to you. If we could only take the time to wait upon the Lord daily, constantly, and listen to his heart. Find out what he feels, how he thinks, what his priorities are, and make them our own. That's what truly means following Jesus living with him 24-7, listening to him in a posture of humility and gratitude. Lord, what do you want me to do? Paul lived his life this way, folks. Since he came to Christ, he said, for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. He lived his life for Jesus. And living for Jesus means that you live for others and not for yourself. There was a time in my life, early, early in the early years of my conversion that I used to pray, Lord, send me a man to meet this need. Now I've changed my prayer. And I'm saying, Lord, let me be that man. 
here I am, send me. When you mature in the Lord, you think less and less of yourself and your interests. You begin to think of those that God has put in your circle of influence, and you pray for them. You intercede for them, and you minister to them. Amen? What is the one thing that Jesus said to Martha was needed? The one thing that will never be taken away from us, it is our relationship with the Lord, our intimacy and our fellowship with Him. What is the one question Jesus asked Peter three times? Do you remember? Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Me, do you love me? You know what his answer was. And that's the one question the Lord is asking his church today. Do you love me? Above all, above your family, above your children, above your wife, above your husband, above your work, above your ministry, above your pleasure, above your comfort, do you love me more than these? And sooner or later, we're going to have to answer that question. The one thing that Jesus is looking to his church for today is a fervent and passionate love for him and our fellow men. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, and all of your strength, and your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the one thing that Jesus is asking his church, is asking you and me today. Do you love me more than these? We cannot follow Jesus. We cannot walk in his footsteps unless we love him with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. You remember what happened to Peter? He followed the Lord but from afar. And many of us in the house of God today, we follow him but not too close. Why? Because when you get too close, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost your flesh. Amen? It may cost you, and it will cost you your life, your will, your opinions, your resources. Too close. So we'd rather, we follow you, Lord, but not so close, from a distance. You know what happened to Peter? He ended up denying the Lord. And when you follow the Lord from a distance, that's what you and I will do. Not because we want to deny Him, but because we will be far too weak to resist the temptations of modern living. Do not, do not underestimate the pulls of this present world and the temptations we have to deal with today in our day. If you're not too close to the Lord, it will overrun you. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And I believe fervent love for the Lord will give birth 
to undistracted devotion and will bring about unconditional obedience to the Lord and His precious Word. Amen? Many in the house of God today would love to serve the Lord, but on their own terms. If it doesn't cost too much, if I don't have to sacrifice, if it's not inconvenient, I'll serve Him. But God is looking for undistracted devotion. I'll serve you, Lord, whatever the cost. I'll go where you send me to go. I'll do whatever you command me to do. I am yours today and forever. I owe you my life. As Paul said to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15, I think he said that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but unto him who died and rose again. That's what it means to live for Christ. You live for Him and His cause. You live for Him and His purpose. Whatever your vocation in life is, you go to work, you go to work for Him. Amen? And the Word says, do it as unto the Lord and not unto man. You work for a bus, do it as unto the Lord. Make sure that you're the best. You're first at work. You're last to leave. You are, you are a person of integrity because you want to represent the Lord wherever you go and wherever you are. Amen. And that's what it means to follow Jesus. Praise God. Mary loved the Lord. Martha loved to serve. Wherever you see Martha in the Bible... She loved to serve. You will see her serving all the time. Nothing is wrong with serving. There is a time to serve, but there is a time to listen. And we mustn't confuse the two. And I said, if we want to serve the Lord the way He wants us to serve Him, we've got to stop and listen first. What He wants from us. Amen? And you see, many in the house of God today still find their identity in what they do rather than in who they are in the Lord. We must come to the place where we are content by being in the Lord. Find our pleasure, our rejoicing, our fulfillment in life in the relationship that we share with God. We delight ourselves in the Lord. And we find our identity in the Lord, not in what we do. Amen. We are not human doers. We are human beings. And so, Martha finds her identity in serving. And it's good. I believe in working hard and smart. But I don't believe the Lord wants us to neglect the Word and His presence because of our work responsibilities. God never intended for our places of work to drown us and to distract us from what is really important in life. Amen? My brother, before he came to the Lord, one day said to me, I don't understand you. 
I don't understand your situation. Here I am working 16 hours a day, having varicose veins in my legs before standing so many hours, and I have nothing to show for it. And you, look at you, you never worked hard in your life. And look where you are and look where I am. I worked hard before I got to know the Lord. But when I came into the blessing, the blessing began to work for me. I said, I'll tell you the secret. I told him, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added to you. I don't believe we should be burning the midnight oil in sweat to make a living. That is not God's way. And if that is your job, then I admonish you, change it. God will give you a better one. Amen. Praise God. Shall I go on? You see, Mary chose to be with Jesus when he came to her house. And she gave him her undivided attention. When you love someone, you want to be with them. The one you love takes priority above all else. Isn't that so? Amen. Amen. Praise God forevermore. The busyness of life, the worries and the anxieties of modern living has eroded our fellowship and our intimacy with the Lord. And somehow, folks, we've got to find the way back to the Lord. We didn't get into this situation overnight, and we're not going to get out of it overnight. It's going to take time and effort and perseverance and wise choices every single day. Amen. Amen. And I believe the Spirit of the Lord is calling His church today back to fellowship with himself, back to intimacy with him, and back to our first love. Remember what the angel of the Lord said to, or rather when he wrote the epistle in the book of uh, Revelation to the church in Ephesus. Ephesus was so busy doing good. They were excellent in every sphere of life. But Jesus said, I have this one thing against you. And what was the one thing? You have left your first love. And that's what Jesus is asking his church. Do you love me more than these? And I believe the hour of his return is near. And folks, we don't want to be found sleeping like the foolish virgins, but ready for his return. Hallelujah. Let's wait on the Lord for a moment. Let's be attentive to his spirit. I know this, that if we truly seek the Lord, he will make a way where there is no way. He'll give us wisdom on how to manage our days wisely how to prioritize our time by putting first things first.
Mary chose wisely. What will you and I choose? Will we choose the word above all else? Or will we choose other things? And the Spirit is asking us these questions this morning. Will you give his word first place? Will you invest in your relationship with me? Or will you be distracted by the affairs of this life? Paul said to the believers in Colossus, seek those things which are above, not the things on the earth. Set your mind, set your affection on things which are above. May the Lord grant us wisdom to make wise choices from day to day. Lord, I choose you. I choose your word. I choose life. I choose to be attentive to your spirit and to your voice. Forgive me for ignoring you. Forgive me for disobeying you. Forgive me for putting other things above what is really important. Forgive me for allowing myself to be distracted by anxiety, by fear, and troubled about many things when I know that only one thing is needed. Lord, readjust, realign my heart and mind. Help me to change my values, my priorities, and ignite once again true love in my heart for you. Revive me, O Lord, once again, and I will be revived. Help me draw near, for I cannot do it in my own strength. I fall at your feet this morning, repentant and broken, and ask for mercy and grace. Thank you. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.